I wonder how many remember doing story problems in elementary school. Right? Story problems? Got to figure out where the drawer is here. All right, so a story problem would go something like this. I got 10 pieces of candy, and I give away four. Becky looks like she can catch. Whoops. I don't look like I can throw. <laughs> All right. And, and Luke can catch, I'm pretty sure. And going all the way back to Bill. All right. So I give away four pieces of candy. How many do I have left? Six. Right. So I give Kent two. Whoops. And he misses them. I have how many? Four. Kent has none. But I have, I have four. All right. You keep one for yourself, Jan. All right. So. But we learn early on that if you spend or give away something, you end up with less than you started with, right? That is something that we've experienced in our day-to-day life as well ever since, right? When you spend something, you give away something, you have less than you had before. Whether it's money or time or starburst, when you give away, you have less. But when we look at scripture, we get a different picture. We find that there's a different law in effect when it comes to giving. Instead of the law of subtraction um, that we find in the world's economic system, we find that in God's economy, uh, it operates by a different law, the law of multiplication. God promises that he can multiply back to us, not necessarily... Uh, dollar for dollar, or, you know, you put 10 into the plate and you're going to get 100 back like you might hear on a prosperity gospel evangelist uh, sermon, but that he can reward us, that he can give back to us and multiply back to us when we're obedient and give out of gratitude to fulfill his kingdom purposes. Uh, the takeaway for today's message is you can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God. God is abundantly more generous than we can ever be. He is able to multiply back to us when we give out of a heart of love. And uh, here's a couple of scriptures that where we find this law described in um, the Bible, one in the Old Testament, one in the New. The first one's from Proverbs 11. It says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, in other words, there was the opportunity to give. They had what was needed to give, but they held it back, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So there's this picture of someone who's open-handed, who allows resources to go out of his or her hands, and yet they get even more. And then there's this other person who withholds, who's tight-fisted, with what they could give, and what's the result? They, they, it ends in poverty. They, they never have enough. And when we try to bless ourselves, things are going to go out of our hand, but whatever comes back is never enough. And, and this is uh, talking spiritually. I mean, we know people who are rich, right? And they seem to just keep accumulating and accumulating. But there's never enough for eternity, right? Right? You can never accumulate enough for eternity. So 
But when we give to spread the gospel and show God's love to others, uh, look at the multiplication principle. Uh, This is from the New Testament. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. These are Jesus' words. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And and the promises of God uh, that we read throughout Scripture should cause us to live very open-handedly. But because of the laws in effect in the world's economy, we can become tight-fisted. Everybody knows what tight-fisted is, right? Does anybody know a tight wad? Don't look... Don't look around, right? (laughs) Just humor me a minute and make a clenched fist. What are some of the things you think when you see somebody with a clenched fist? Anger. They're going to punch you. (laughs) They're ready for a fight, right? Don't try to take this away from me. (laughs) Right? And, And with a tight fist, nothing's going out. But nothing can get in either, right? What about this? That's a whole different picture, isn't it? Somebody that's open-handed, that's willing to give. But it's also, uh, they're willing to let things, some things might go out from their hands, but it's also a position to receive, right? Or we're open to receive when we're open-handed. And here's the thing. When we get a clear picture of how God's economy works and we put these spiritual laws to work in our life and begin to put them into practice, then the outcome is open-handed living. Uh, my first appointment was to Comstock over on uh, the I don't know, west side of Kalamazoo. Is that right? East. Yeah, east side of Kalamazoo. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't it on the west side of Kalamazoo? Uh, Okay, right. (laughs) Everything's always backwards to me. I don't know. I'm wired weird. But anyway, whatever side it's on, it's over by Kalamazoo. And uh, most of the people, when we got there, was like 19 people there. And there were, uh, a lot of them were Dutch. Any Dutch here? <laughs> so they were very proud of how tight fisted they were. I mean, they were penny pinchers. And, and most of them had grown up during the Depression. So, I mean, they saved string and paper bags and washed out Ziploc bags in the kitchen, you know, all those kinds of things. But it was amazing to see what God could do with tight fisted, penny pinching people when they got a vision for what God wanted to do in their church. And they just were generous, and, and that church took off and grew because of their generosity. We love and serve a generous, open-handed God. And he's given us everything, not holding back anything. And if every follower of Jesus Christ could get a vision for living in this open-handed way, every follower of Jesus Christ could be open-handed. We could turn the world upside down. The things uh, that happened in Paris this week. um, We need to have a bigger impact in our world. And we can do that as we live open-handedly. 
And of course, when I talk about open handed living, I'm not talking about, you know, go out and give your house keys to the next homeless uh, drug addict that you see. Uh, God calls us to be responsible and good stewards and managers of the resources that he gives us. Open handedness is about listening to God, being aware of the opportunities that he puts in our path to be generous and obedient, to use his gifts, the things that he's poured into our lives for his purposes. Last week, we talked about some steps that we can take uh, to deliver our punchline, things that can move us further down on the spectrum from getter to giver. And this week, we're going to talk about why we want to do that. So go ahead and pull out your message notes, and we're going to look at some reasons to be open-handed in the way that we live the one and only life God has given us to, to live. All right, so three outcomes of open-handed living. The first is that it honors God. It honors God. Our God is a generous God. He's blessed us in numerous ways, more ways than we can count, and our desire as followers of Jesus Christ should be to give back to honor him in the use of our resources. And we're acknowledging that we understand that everything that we has come that we have comes from God, and um, we're going to be more like God, more like His Son Jesus Christ, and and be compelled to excel in generosity. Uh, our memory verse this week comes from Second um, Corinthians eight seven, and and this is actually the the tail end, the last sentence in that verse, in the beginning part of the verse. Paul is talking to the Corinthians, and, and he says to them, you already excel in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in love. Now, here's one last way that I want, want you to excel. And uh, so he says these words. Let's read them together. Second Corinthians 8, 7. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. Second Corinthians 8, 7. See that you also excel... In the grace of giving, when we give, we extend God's grace, like the images we saw in the shoebox stories. It, they experience that as the grace of God. Uh, so we're so see that we excel in giving. Pursue excellence in, in the ways that you pursue your faith in every other area, but don't miss excelling in giving. And generous giving honors God. So I, I want to look at two ways very quickly that we honor God when we give. The first is that it shows that you trust God. When you give, you're putting your faith into action uh, in a very real way. When you give back, it shows that you believe that God can take care of your needs, that he will keep his promises for you. And um, here's another great scripture that assures that that God is able to provide for us when we allow things to flow out of our hands. Um, it says, now he who supplies seed to the sower, and of course they're using uh, agricultural Im- images, right, because of the culture that they were in, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And notice right in the middle of there that so that statement. Um, why does God supply our needs and increase our store of seed and make us rich in every way? So that 
we can be generous on every occasion. So he, he pours things into our life so that we can have the resources we need to be generous. Um, and God is looking for open-handed people who he can trust with his resources, people who will pass them on uh, to others rather than keep them for, our, for ourselves. And it's really not a question of can we trust God. It's a question of can God trust us. And um, when we give, we show that we trust God and that we're trustworthy. Then a second way uh, our giving honors God, and, what, and that giving can be time. It can be our uh, skills, our abilities, our talents, or our financial resources. But when we give, we show that we, uh, it honors God because it shows that you love what God loves. It shows that you love what God loves. God loves people. He wants everybody to know him, uh, to spend eternity with him, to, to have new life in him. And giving is an action, uh, something that we can do to align our priorities with God's kingdom priorities. And, and Jesus invites us to do just that in Matthew six thirty three. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. When, when we make God's priorities our priorities and give our resources so people can come to know Jesus Christ and love God, then Jesus says uh, that, that God can supply all of those things that you gave up, that you put in second place in order for God to be first place. Uh, open-handed living honors God. And then number two, Open-handed living lifts burdens and brings you and others joy. Open, when we're open-handed, um, it helps others. It, it makes their burden lighter and, and brings them joy. And, and I, I, Paul was pretty frank in this scripture in Galatians 6-2 about our responsibility to do this. He says, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. <laughs> that everything should go to meet your uh, smallest want, you know. We're all cared, called to share what we have. And Paul says that when we give, we're actually fulfilling the law of Christ. Now, everybody knows what the law of Christ is, Right? That commandment that he gave on the last night of his life, he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. That's the law of Christ. And Paul says, when we give, we fulfill the law of love, that, that we are showing love for others. An open-handed living lifts our burden, and it brings joy. We're going to watch a story that gives a beautiful picture of what that joy looks like. When, when we live open-handedly. So let's watch. I had an accident and my hip was broken in so many pieces. I have two rods in my hip. She's an angel among us. If you watch her in the bread company, everyone comes in to see Catherine. You know, we sell the bread. 
But I feel like there are some people who specifically come with prayer requests, and uh, I go pray for them. One day when we were sharing, she said she was in need of a different car, that her car was needing expensive repairs. I had been saving money, but uh, I knew it wasn't enough, so I knew I would take a few years to save for it. So a couple months later, I went in and I said, Catherine, how's your car fund coming? And she said, I gave it all away. And I looked at her and, and she said, there was a widow in need, and I gave her the $5,000. I struggled a lot when I gave that money. And uh, I said, I feel okay, but uh, do you think I did the right thing? I mean, I cannot give what I don't have, so I just give what I had. I was shocked, and so I come home and I tell Pete that we needed to help Catherine with her car fund. He looked at me and he said, no, I think we need to buy Catherine a car. And I said, okay, great. Pete called Scott and said, do you know Catherine Great Harvest? And he said, yes, he did. Pete said, well, we'd like to buy her a car. He asked Pete, do you want it used your new car? And it just hit him right in the face. Why would he ask me that? Of course I would want a used car. That's good enough. He just paused for a moment, and he said, I want a new car. And he said it was silent on the phone for a few seconds. And Scott said, whoa, I want to help. And so he pitched in some. So she came to the bakery, and uh, she asked me, if you were to buy a car, what kind of a car would you like? I said, Debbie. I'm not really planning to buy a car, but she said, oh, just tell me. And she said, I'd like a SUV cruise control, and she said, I'd like a light color. And we called Scott, and he said, I think I've got the perfect car. So Pete said, can we deliver it tomorrow? So we have the bread company owner and his family, Scott and his family and our family, and Catherine sees us all coming in, and she's just all excited to see everyone. And uh, I went to give them hugs, and I said, what's Pete doing here? I did have the, the biggest idea. When I went out, <laughs> and so we walked her over to the car. We said, Catherine, this is your new car. So, oh, I said, for me, this is for me. I said, oh, I, I knew God had many cars, but I didn't know he had a new one for me. So, God had new cars <laughs> for me. We all stood there in tears as we saw the joy on Catherine's face. And we got to be a part of it. And the joy of that was unbelievable.
right. It was such an excitement to drive it. We told Catherine that we would like this to be confidential. But I kept running into people who would say, I heard what you did for Catherine. It wasn't even us, it was Catherine. It all started with Catherine giving of what she had to a widow to help her, and it just continues on. Generosity begets generosity. We don't give in order to receive. We give because it's the nature of Jesus Christ. He gave us his life. So we, we have the, the DNA of Jesus Christ of giving. <laughs> yeah, so... This is one story I will never forget in my life. what she said there we don't give to receive we give because it's the nature of Jesus Christ he gave his life for us so we have the DNA of Jesus Christ of giving and we give to honor God share one another's and and with one another's burdens and and to bring joy to others we give because Jesus gave us so much and yet Jesus promises that our giving will have eternal rewards. Uh, It's not our motive, but it's a biblical promise. And the third outcome of open-handed living is that it results in eternal rewards. And, and you know, the joy that we saw in that video, um, as wonderful and as moving as it was, it's just a glimpse, (laughs) just a glimpse of the joy that we're going to experience in heaven. Everything in this world is temporary. Someday that SUV will have to be replaced. But the reward that God will have for that couple, for their generosity, is eternal. And, you know, we don't all have the resources to buy someone a car, but we have all been given resources. And we saw in the video just the difference that a small shoebox can make in a child's life. Uh, Child after child telling their story of how they came to Christ through these shoeboxes. And everybody can afford a shoebox. We can all do something generous. God invites us to use our resources to store up heavenly treasures. Um, Here's Jesus' invitation in Matthew 6. He says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up treasures for yourself, treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And it goes on to say, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And God is able to multiply back to us in this life so that we have enough to share with others. But God... But Jesus also indicates that there are numerous places uh, in Scripture that that we're invited to invest in eternity while we're here on earth. And that 
um, no gift that we give, no, nothing that we do goes unrewarded. Look at his words in Matthew 10, 42. It says, and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who's my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. We, I, we don't know what the rewards of heaven are. We don't know the extent of them. Uh, we're told in scripture that he, he's able to do above and beyond anything we could ever ask or imagine. But one thing that we do know is that when it comes to God, God uses the gifts that we give to populate heaven. Um, people come to know Christ through the work of the church. And you're giving matters. And someday we will know just how much it matters. I th- heaven is going to be amazing. I-, I love that song by Ray Boltz. It says, thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm a life that's been changed, right? And it's a story all about how we get to meet the people whose lives have been touched and impacted by our giving and our lives. And um, next week, we're going to have our annual consecration Sunday. We're going to have the opportunity to honor God and bring joy to others, store up treasures for heaven. And um, I'm going to hand out estimate of giving cards uh, that you can fill out and indicate, indicate what you believe God is calling you to give in the year ahead. And um, this is something that we do every year, but I really want to encourage you to pray about it and how you can grow in your giving this year, and here's why. God is at work in this church. Baseline is one of the few churches that's uh, actually growing. Most churches are in decline. And so we need to really expand our vision for what God wants to do through this church right now and how we can all be a part of that as we help this church move into the next chapter. So there's a church here for our children and our grandchildren. And as Catherine said in that video, you cannot give what you do not have, right? We can't give what we don't have. But as we also saw, um, we, when we give and when we're open-handed, God can do great things. We, we can all give what we do have and what God calls us to give. So I invite you to pray about what you'll give um, this week so that what you write on that line next week is not just your, you know, this is what I've given every year, but what God is encouraging you and enabling you to have the faith to give in the year ahead. Would you pray with me?